welcome to episode 37 of From the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dot. And as always, I'm joined by Theo. So how are you doing, first of all, Theo? Good, thanks. I really enjoyed the game on Saturday and um, we're actually recording this at 9am, but I'm not really a morning person. <laughs> so I really hope I've got some sense in this episode. But yeah, it's 8 o'clock somewhere, Chelsea before, sure. before my work day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's like Australia or somewhere. It's probably like nighttime now, I think. But um, but yeah, no, no. It's, it's um, yeah, it's been a, a busy couple of days. Obviously, we had the, the Leicester game, as you just said, we're recording this nine o'clock. So today is Juventus. But um, let, let's jump back straight into the Premier League, Leicester City um, versus Chelsea, which I thought was a a really good game. Um, solid performance from literally the whole team from front to back I, I can't really fault anyone for that game but just give me your thoughts as always um on the game what did you think I, th- I thought it was the performance of the season honestly um maybe I can't really think of a, a 45 minutes when I'm thinking of that first half particularly that was as good as that you know that, as that performance that we saw at the King Power maybe the the first half of the Arsenal game but even that I feel like against Leicester we were so very very solid which is surprising because after an international break, you always see a bit of rustiness. But as you said, every single Chelsea player was really, really sharp, really played their part from the goalkeeper to the players that came on as subs to Kai Havertz, who played as a false nine. I thought Kai Havertz was brilliant. You know, he was playing with his back to goal and he was shielding, shielding the ball well, creating chances. And he was brilliant. Um, I thought we were not only really, really good with the ball, but I think this is what we're seeing with Tuchel. We were brilliant without the ball as well. As soon as Leicester had the ball, we literally give them a couple of seconds to press. There was, um, I think, a, a moment in the first half, which I, I re-saw on the match the day and made me realise how good we were, was when I think they had a free kick in their own half and they were forced to play it backwards towards the goalkeeper. Then the goalkeeper played it to Johnny Evans, I think, who was under pressure or something like that and had to clear it out for a throw-in. Mm-hmm. Then from that throw-in, we won the corner, which Chilwell took and Rudiger scored. So it just goes to show how good we were, not just with the ball, but without the ball. And if I had to kind of, you know, single out some players for my kind of star performers, which is hard because every single one of them was good, even even the subs that came on, Pulisic, Ziyech and, um, and Loftus-Cheek really played their part as well. But I have to go with Thiago Silva and Kante. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Thiago Silva's, you know, in the back, um, the middle of that back three, he was also like a bit like a marshal. He'd, create, he'd start all the chances. Um, he was brilliant, you know, lobbed those long balls up to, up, up the pitch and then he really kept Vardy out of the game. You know, Vardy, you have to remember, is, you know, causes a lot of trouble with the top six teams, but we really kept yeah. them quiet. And then Kante did what Kante does best, you know, winning a ball back, intercepting. And again, when we see this again, when Jorginho and Kante plays, we often think of Kante as that defensive midfielder. But I think in this game, we really saw Jorginho stay back and Kante allowed to, you know, go forward. And twice, you know, we saw him, you know, the moment he got the goal and that time before where he tried to chip Schmeichel so he had you know two golden chances in a way and um, that's what I think we're seeing we have to kind of stop thinking of Kante now as this defensive midfielder but also this midfielder that potentially can create chances score goals and you know start um, start attacks so all in all an absolutely brilliant performance and I was really really chuffed after full time yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with everything you said. I think it was um it was a performance that I think before the game I was very sort of apprehensive. I wasn't sure whether we were gonna play as well as we did. We know what Leicester can do and we spoke about it in the last episode, especially to big teams. They they do tend to turn up for the occasion, but I just felt I just felt it was a relatively easy game, you know. I think you, you touched on it just then in terms of what we did without the ball, but 
you know, like you said, you know, a Kante going forward, bombing forward and having all that space in front of him to, I think he was shocked for the goal, you know, to, to have that much space and to be able to, you know, not to be closed down. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Johnny Evans who should be coming in and closing that, that space down and, and just stopping Kante. Um, but he didn't do that. And it just, it just showed you that there is obviously, you know, you look at Leicester, they're, they're a team that have done really well over the last couple of seasons. And you look at the, the European factor of it now, is that starting to play a bit of a, a factor into why they're, you know, I wouldn't say underachieving because I don't think, I think Leicester have been overachieving for, for two years now. And I think, you know, they shouldn't really be in a mix for a top four sort of conversation, but you know, you're seeing it now that the sort of cracks are there. And um, there was a moment where I think Shamichael, I think you might've just said this, but tried to play out from the back and um, mm-hmm. he gives the ball away. It's just little things that are coming into the, to their, to their game now, which we're noticing. Yeah. I think he gave it to Hudson Odoi and then yeah. Hudson Odoi almost had a golden chance. Yeah. But definitely, I think they're, you know, they've got a good squad, but I don't know. I feel like maybe European football, which you mentioned, is playing a part in them, maybe underachieving or um, even, as I think I said it in a previous episode, maybe Brendan Rodgers' head now that the Man United job is vacant, you know, maybe he's, he's thinking of something else. But which I think you know, they've been almost... Well. It will, it will. Anyway. I think they've been overachieving for the last two, three years. So I think it's about time maybe that they, you know, they realistically, you know, have these type of performances against the top six teams from time to time. Definitely, definitely. One one of the things I, I sort of noticed in the game was, um, you, you sort of mentioned it then in, in terms of Kante going forward, Jorginho sort of sitting back. And there's always this cliche around playing three centre-backs. You know, I think Paul Merson said it a few times, you, you know, you, it's a manager that doesn't trust his centre-backs if you've got to play three. I, I don't believe that. I think it's a load of rubbish. I think, you know, you've got three centre-backs that are of good quality, which we have. What it allows, and we, we've done this to perfection against Leicester was it allows Reese James and Chilwell to almost play as wingers and be part of that midfield because you've got the three centre-backs, you've got Jorginho providing that additional cover if we do lose the ball. Like you mentioned, Vardy with his pace as well. Um, it, it just it just gave Chilwell and Reese James the free reins down that sort of left and right side just to whip in balls. And, mm. you know, you, you saw it time and time again. And in, in the first half, I think you looked at Leicester and you thought, Rogers has got to change this at half time because if he doesn't, you know, we could, like you mentioned, Kante had a, a really good chance. I think he should have tried to dink it over. I don't know what he tried to do. Every he, he sort of thought about dinking, but then he tried to go around Schmeichel. It was yeah. a bit half-hearted, but we had really good chances in the first half. Um, I thought Rudiger, he loves to score against Leicester. Um, it was really good play from Jorginho. And I don't think many people picked up on it. The fact that he, he blocks Ndidi um, from making that run that would stop Rodrigo getting it. It was very training grounds sort of um, set piece, really. It was, you know, um, Chilwell whips it in, but it's the work from Jorginho that stops um, Ndidi going towards Rudiger, who, you know, was just in the right. It was brilliant, you know, and I think they've got a really poor um, set set piece, fairly yeah. set pieces anyway. I think Leicester are rubbish at them anyway. So, you know, Tuchel's obviously looked at that and seen that as a weakness and exp- an exposure, and it works to perfection. Um, one player I wanted to talk on, talk about really, is uh, Christian Pulisic, who is very defi- divided. I think between the fans, some fans love him, some fans just say that he's an injury pro merchant, and he's you know he's you know I, I think he's got the quality there, and we, he, he proved that on Saturday. He proved how much quality he's actually got, um, and Hakim Ziyech as well. You know, we give him a lot of criticism on the podcast, but 
we're slowly seeing what we've actually wanted to see from the two of those players. Would you agree? Mm. I mean, it's two players I think that have struggled for consistent game time, the pair of them. Pulisic in particular, I think when he's fully fit, I think he's our best player. Definitely. In terms of ability, in terms of quality, in terms of what he can offer. Um, he's just, he, he keeps kind of coming in and out of the team of injuries. But once he gets a kind of like a string of performances, like we saw against Leicester, a couple of the Champions League performances we saw last season in, our, in, in the knockout stages, then I definitely think he's our best player. And I just keeps making this link, but he's, you know, he's puts in some hazard-esque performances at times, you know, the way he dribbles, the way he kind of keeps the ball close to him, like it's attached with a string to his foot. And again, we saw, you know, the type of player when you're in opposition and you see him come off the bench, you're thinking, oh shoot, you know, I'm tired now. And this guy's coming on. He's going to, he's got bags of energy, bags of skills. He's probably going to like rinse part, you know, run past me on the touchline. And then Ziyech is another one. I think, he, again, I've given him a lot of criticism. I kind of think his body language is poor. Occasionally when he, he is given a chance to start, I think he doesn't really take you know take that opportunity well. And, but on, on, on against Leicester, he was perfect. He put in a brilliant cross at one point, I think, on the inside of his boot. Um, I think outside of his boot, actually, against them. I think for his Pulisic. And then he kind of tried, and then he assisted Pulisic for the goal. And I think he kind of, again, he came on with a lot of energy, a lot of skills. That's kind of the Ziyech we want to see as Chelsea fans who can you know, create all of that. So I think the two of them were fantastic. And um, another player I thought I, that deserves a bit of a shout out was Trevor Chalaber. I think yeah. we don't really talk enough about Trevor Chalaber. We talk a lot about, you know, the other youth players like Mason Mount, like Reese James. And back in the day, we talked about Abraham and Tamori. But Trevor Chalaber has come into this Chelsea team. He looks like he's been there for years. That through, through ball he put in for um, Hakim Ziyech for the Pulisic yeah. goal was absolutely fantastic. You know, it's a type of through ball you'd expect from a Fabregas, maybe a Tony Cruz, but... It was a fantastic through ball and he looks just so, you know, so solid, looks so comfortable, like he's been there for years, as I said. So if he starts tonight for instance against Juventus, I would not have any kind of doubts or panics at all. Yeah, I think he's, I think a lot of that is down to the fact he's actually been, for the length of time he's been at the club, he's part of the foundations mm. and, you know, he's, he's by, the, I think he's only 22 as well. So he, he's still uh, relatively young in terms of his footballing years, especially as a defender as well. And to have the experience that you've got in, in Thiago Silva at 37, mm. you know, still world-class, you know, hasn't got the legs maybe, I don't think he's ever really had the legs, but in terms of the football brain that he's got, that's enough to keep him, you know, and sustain him at that level. But to have him have a, a Rudy girl who's kind of different, but in, in terms of his... I suppose his mentality on the pitch, it's different, but it's a good different because it gives you the other side of what Thiago Silva gives you as well. Um, you look at Christensen as well. That's another player who has been at the club for, for many, many years and then has come through. So he's he's got those three centre-backs to look ahead of. And I agree with you. He looks like someone who's been in, you know, in the, the senior squad for, you know, five, yeah. six, seven years. And to have that confidence to, to to go forwards. And again, that goes back to my point around having those three centre-backs and being able to trust them to to go forward that much. Um, the pass was exquisite. You know, it was a really good pass. And like you said, it's a, it's a, almost a Tony Cruz, um, Fabregas kind of pass that you expect. But to see that from a centre-back, a 22-year-old centre-back in his real, it's his you know, first real season um, at top level, it, you know, it goes around. And even yesterday, you know, listening to him in the press conference um, mm. for, for tonight's game as well, I hate saying this because, you know, he's 22 as an adult, but he sounds so mature, mature in terms mm. of what he's, he's saying. And and I, I expect that he's 22 as an adult, but I just mean, I don't know what I mean. 
I know what I mean, but it's hard for me to get it across. It's, you know, he's, he's someone who's definitely got his head on his shoulders. And I think, you know, yeah. he's only going to go one way, one direction. So, you know, definitely yeah. a shout out for him. I agree with you as well around Kante. Um, you know, it's strange, you know, he's he's one of the best players, but he just doesn't know how to celebrate, does he? He, he scores a goal <laughs> and he's, just, he's not sure what to do. Do I hug someone? Do I cheer? Um, but yeah, he's, he's brilliant, you know, and I think we're lucky in, in all aspects that I feel like we've got not only squad depth, but we've got the, the right um, quality of players in every department now. And I think we, yeah. we lacked that over the last couple of years, but we look at our goalkeepers, you know, Mendy distribution was brilliant. You mentioned Thiago Silva defensively, but his passing was mm. five-star. You look at the two, Jorginho Kante, and even who we haven't mentioned today, but Kai Havertz, again, who's someone who... You know, people say he didn't score, he didn't have many chances, but it's the stuff that he does after he was the ball. Great. That yeah. He was brilliant. He holds the ball up really well. Um, Haider kind of mentioned it on the last episode by saying, you know, he's not your sort of typical, you know, you can't compare him to Lukaku, which is correct. But I just think in terms of how he holds the ball up and, you know, he he his runs as well. Some of the things he does off the ball, a lot of, a lot of it is needed in a game against mm. Leicester and, and it definitely benefits Chelsea as well but definitely three points that we, we needed um, obviously there was a, a big game obviously for Arsenal I think they got hammered by by Liverpool but um, you know it gives us that cushion you know it's only three points Man City are just behind us but you know again the, the, the record of scoring 30 goals already in this part of the season and only conceding four I think we're the the most um, the top team now in Europe with the, the least conceded goals. So tell us something about our centre backs and obviously our goalkeeper. Definitely, I mean, just as we said, we kind of go into games now expecting wins and expecting clean sheets, which is almost crazy as a football fan. But when you can keep clean sheets away from home against teams like Leicester, then it's you know when going into games like Juventus tonight, you expect a clean sheet again almost. So it's kind of. I don't know. There's something good about Chelsea in the air at the moment. The squad looks really kind of, you know, happy to play under Thomas Tuchel. The depth is there. We mentioned players like Trevor Chiloba, I was spoke about just before. I think what really played a part in his maturity, a bit like Mason Mount, is kind of the fact they've headed out on loan to a foreign country. Mount went to Vitesse Arnhem in, in the Netherlands. Trevor Chaloba must have been 20, 21 when he went there, but he went to France, probably didn't speak the language. Yeah. And he completed a fourth season at Lorient. And he was playing as a CDM at times in, in France. Yeah. So it shows, again, we have that depth. You know, Rhys James plays as a CDM at times for Wigan. Shows that how versatile he is. So you have these players as well. Should we really have injuries? Should maybe Saul cancel his, um, his loan in January? Should maybe, I think, Kovacic and Jorginho are potentially injured for a bit now. Jorginho's a doubt maybe for tonight. But we've got those other players that potentially can slot in in, in midfield. So it kind of reassures you as a Chelsea fan with the depth that we have. And especially with going into this busy, congested winter period as well. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned injuries. Let's, let's quickly talk about a couple of them that Thomas Tuchel uh, mentioned yesterday in his press conference. I think the main one really is you mentioned Kovacic is out for hundred percent out, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some doubts around Lukaku, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, and Jorginho who came off um, against Leicester. I think with a, a very tight hamstring, and I think mm-hmm. the same for for Kai Havertz as well. I think they were both hamstring injuries, but. Going into tonight's game, um, which we'll we'll get onto the prediction shortly, but just looking at um and anyone who hasn't listened to um episode thirty-six, we do talk about the Juventus game tonight in depth. So if you want to hear our analysis or our, our thoughts on that, then give thirty-six, episode thirty-six a, a listen. Um it's all on there. But just in terms of the injuries, 
it does seem to be a common theme that's happening within Chelsea at the moment. We are having, and I'm trying to think back, I was trying to look before we came, we started recording this morning, how many injuries we had the last couple of seasons before, but it just seems like a common running theme now that we're kind of getting these niggling sort of injuries from certain players. But um, would you risk Lukaku in a game where, I don't want to say it's safe. It's not a safe game. It's Juventus. You still want to win. Thomas Tuchel still going to want to win the game. But we saw what happened when we played Malmo and the big blow. We've got United at the weekend as well. Is it a game where you'd probably bring him on, you know, if you're comfortable that you've got a 1-0, 2-0 and there's, you know, 20 minutes left. Do you bring him on at that point or, or would you risk starting him in a game like um, tonight against Juventus? It's a tricky one because Lukaku is a doubt, Havertz is a doubt and Werner is a doubt, which are kind of our three number nine options, our three striking options. So it's whether we risk one of those three players, probably Lukaku being the one who's most fit from you know his activity on social media. He's the one who's posting a lot of training pictures. Um, and I do think he's got that age and experience, despite maybe if he's still feeling a bit of pain and he's not fully 100% fit, he can come into a game like this and put in a performance that makes you think, okay, he's our number nine. But at the same time, it's maybe do you wait one more game and have him fully fit for the United one and maybe play a Pulisic as a false nine, maybe even a Loftus-Cheek as a false nine. So there's something like that to consider. But I think Tuchel will really re- assess the situation this morning, see amongst those three players I named, Havertz, Lukaku and Werner, which ones are fit, which ones are not fit and make his decision from there. But I think, I don't know, I think Lukaku might play a part, whether it's he starts or comes off the bench. But um I think, as I said in the previous episode, it's so hard to predict a two-call lineup anyway. So um, I don't really know what's going to happen tonight, but I think one of those three players will start. I think, I don't know which one it is, but I think one of the three will start. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, I think out of the three, I think Werner's definitely one that he's, Thomas Tuchel's happy with. I think he, he mentioned okay. in the press okay, conference that, that. He's, okay. he's, um, you know, he's definitely out of the three. I, I'd say he's probably the more likely to start in that okay. game. I think Lukaku will come in. Um, and I agree with you, you know, I think almost a week ago, you know, he was sort of posting that he's back in training and um, mm. like you said, he's been very active on, on um, Twitter as well. I think he was in um, <laughs> Sing Your Dialect last night. I don't know if you were in there, but <laughs> yeah. it was, um, it was, yeah, it was, that's a whole different episode in itself. But um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's shown that he's got, you know, the, the quality in him to, to play. He's played with injuries before um, for other clubs. And I think Tuchel, will want to win this game 100%. He won't want to lose it. Um, he's a winner. So I, I can see him going out with his, his strongest squad. I, I personally, if it was me, I probably would put Lukaku in there mm. um, just because of that, you know, we know what Benucci's about, you know, and you Benigni need someone, well. yeah, you need someone who's got that sort of strength and um, can, and he knows them, you know, he's played, mm. he's played with them in Serie A as well. So he understands how they work a bit better maybe than a, a Pulisic um, who I feel would probably get knocked around if he played in that position. Um, you know, he's quite light on his feet at times. So I think you need someone strong mentally, physically in that sort of position as well. And I think Lukaku is the, the guy that does that. I think if he's on the bench, and I always say this about players, if you're on the bench, you you know, you're fit enough to play 90 minutes. So, you know, if you wasn't fit, you wouldn't be on the bench, in true, my opinion. True. So I, I think for me, I'd put him in, maybe bring him off. Even if we're losing, I'd probably bring him off and I'd give him, mm. I'd, I'd give him, you know, 60 minutes um, and maybe bring on a Timo Werner or a Kai Havertz or whoever, you know, put in that position. But I think he needs game time definitely before if he's going to start against uh, Manchester United. He'll need a lot of game time. He's been out for 
considerable amount of time now. So I think he needs a good 60 minutes um, in, in him or even a 45 minutes, whatever. But he needs game game time and he needs to... We need him to score. We need him... I'd like too, him yeah. to get a goal tonight um, for, for the reason that I want him to just get the feeling of, of being back mm. in the pitch, being back in that sort of that role that he, he likes to play um, before United. I, I don't want him going in cold against um, a, a sort of rejuvenated United team. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I'd love to see Ben Chilwell start again as well. I think it's, um, again, mm. we talk about the left back situation or the, the, the left wing back situation on here quite a bit, but I just feel like going forward, I think he's sort of hit his form at the moment. And I think it's a shame for Alonso because, you know, when, when Chilwell was bench warming, Alonso was doing exactly the same thing. You know, he was, you know, in great form. But I just think start Ben Chilwell, Reese James. I wouldn't change those centre backs. I think I'd leave them. Um, I think he he may put Christensen instead of Thiago Silva just to you know wrap him in a bit of cotton wool. For the I'd have said I'd have said ahead of Chalaba maybe Christensen ahead of Chalaba. Do you reckon? Just, have, just a free bit more experience maybe in experience. that back line. I don't know, but I mean we. I think Chevy Chalaba could, I think he'll... I yeah, I do think he can do the job, like yeah. I said before, but I still think maybe he'll want to go with his three most experienced centre-backs. Just it's, to, a, it's a fair shout. It's a fair shout. I just, I just, I'd rather see Silva in the United game. Yeah, and I think if, I think if we can not have him in a Juventus game, which I, it's, it's important, obviously every game you want to win, but I just feel this is a game where, I think we've got Zenit, haven't we, after, after um, Juventus, mm. I think. So I, I look at this game and it's it's not the end of the world if we lose. And I hate saying that, but we no, say, no, I want to win it. I want to win no, it. No, no, of course. Of course. <laughs> I want to win it. Especially being down there. I don't, I hate going to games and losing, but no. I think. I've, I've, is, I've lived in Italy as well. And I just know how like Juventus <laughs> fans are like the Manchester United fans of Italy. You know, they're, you find them, you find them everywhere across the country, no matter where you live in Italy. <laughs> and uh, so I, I want to be them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fair shout. Obviously, we want to win, but I think, yeah, if we can... Uh, uh, for me, United's the big one. Yeah, I'd rather we can, sacri- we can sacrifice getting a point out of this game, which I hate saying as well. I sound like I don't want to win the game. I do. But <laughs> United, for me, is already in the back of my mind. I can't have United beating us, especially the season that they've had, and yeah. we can't can't afford for that. So if it means compensating for, for tonight's game, then all be it. But yeah, we've got we've got to beat United. But let's let's move on to the predictions for tonight. Obviously, it is a big game. Um, it's a, probably the biggest game out of our group, I would say, um, in terms of Malmo and Zenit. This kind of feels like the game where we kind of need to show why we're champions of Europe. So let's go for your predictions. What 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 do you think? I think it is. I mean, I do agree with you in a way that United is a really, really important game. But I think we should underestimate the Zenit away game, how tough that's going to be. Trips to Russia, very, very difficult. And they gave us a very tough game at the bridge in September. So I think that'll be a hard one, which means this one's even more important being our our last home game of the group stage. I think I'm going to stick with what I said in uh, the previous um, pod, uh, episode of my prediction, which was 2-0. I think despite the injuries, we've got enough firepower in that, in, uh, in the team. I think we've got enough depth, we've got, you know, options to come off the bench. We'd be trailing by a goal or something like that. But I think I'm going to go with 2-0. I think no matter the centre-backs, we'll keep that clean sheet whether it's Chalaba, whether it's Silva, whether it's Christensen. And as you said, I think if we do get a goal, I think or, goal, or two goals, I think it's going to come from a defender again. Um, I've actually got um, Thiago Silva as my um, my first goal scorer on the app. So, um, so yeah, I think um, I think he will start this one. And 
hopefully he scores. So let me go with 2-0, a goal in each half, hopefully. And hopefully we, unlike the game in Italy in Turin, we um, yeah. we don't like let them score a goal and just you know defend that lead. Because we know yeah. that Juventus defending leads are very, very good at that. So Very, very stubborn in terms of very the way stubborn. that they play. Mm. Yeah. So I, I can't remember if I gave a prediction in, in the last um, episode. But if I did or I didn't, I've slept and I've, I've not slept and I've not had a lot of coffee. So I'm going to, I'm going to change it anyway. So if you've listened to episode 36, I'm probably going to change what I've said in that one to what I'm going to say now. Um, I think, I think it's going to be one nil Chelsea. I think it's going to be a very difficult game. I think we have to, we're going to have to do a lot of defending. Um, I don't, I think I read that Danilo's out for, for um, Juventus and they've got a couple of other um, absentees potentially but I think he's the, the main key one out of out of there um, but yeah I'm going to go 1-0 I think Lukaku winner um, fingers crossed yeah, I think so I think yeah. he's going to start I think he's going to either start or come on he's going to he's going to get the winner um, so yeah let's go for 1-0 but it's going to be an interesting game obviously um, I know you're, you're going to be there I'm going to be there yeah. Haider's going to be there as well so um when we do episode 38, I'm sure we'll have different perspectives of, of, of the game as always. Um, but for those who are, are listening on Spotify, you can follow us on YouTube as well. So if you search for From the Shed End on YouTube, we should come up. So give us a subscribe, like and comment. Let, your, let us know your thoughts as well about what we've discussed today, um, especially about the Juventus game. And also the Leicester game as well, where, where we spot on with what our analysis was. Um, but if you're also watching on YouTube, you can find us on social media. You can see it at the bottom there. But just for anyone who's also listening, it's at From the Shed End on Twitter. And it's at From the Shed End with underscores between each of the words on Instagram. So give us a like and follow us on there as well. Interact with us. Um, we've been busy over the last couple of days on Instagram and Twitter. Um, the final thing I want to say before we jump off, uh, congratulations to Thomas Tuchel, who's been put in as a finalist as the FIFA men's coach of the year. So hopefully he wins that as well. Um, we, we're picking up all the accolades, I think, this year, aren't mm. we? So, if we congratulate every single player that's been nominated, we might be here for a while. Because I think yeah, even yeah. Emma Hayes, is, uh, our women's manager, is nominated. Yeah, yeah. I think Marina Granovskaya is nominated as the director of football. So it's quite a few. Yeah, yeah we'll... Clean sweep, clean sweep. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this has obviously been episode 37 from the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dot. And as always, I'm joined with by Theo. So thank you for coming on early this morning. I know it's uh, we're not morning people. So yeah, definitely um, gives me something to do on the journey down today to listen back to this. But um, yeah, so episode 37 from the Shed End podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe, comment, and let us know your thoughts on what we've discussed today.